Welcome in to another episode. Farzine Vesugian here with you. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you guys are enjoying the last few days of July as training camp continues to roll along. And it's been quite a quite an interesting one for the Chiefs. Maybe not so for 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 um let's just say it hasn't been the best start for the Chiefs. They've had better starts in past training camps before. Uh, but nonetheless, it's not the end of the world by any stretch. Uh, it is still something worth discussing. And uh, listen, you guys know me. I will not sugarcoat anything. I also will not overreact to anything, uh, especially with the news right now. So a lot of things to get into here on this episode of The Chief Zone. Hope you're all doing well. If you guys haven't done so already, subscribe to The Chief Zone. We're all over. We're, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify, Google, all those places, iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. For those of you watching the live versions on Facebook and on YouTube, greatly appreciate you guys joining us for that. As always, I welcome the interaction with you guys in the comments. So if you guys haven't done so already, comment below, react to what I'm saying. If you guys have questions, uh, comment below with your questions. We'll get to those a little bit later on. So if you ask a question and uh, you really want that to get answered, be patient. We will get to that a little later on. Uh, but a lot of things to get into here with the Chiefs. Chris Jones, not at training camp since we last did a podcast. We'll talk about that. Kadarius Tony recently got knee surgery. How long is he going to be out for? And what becomes the new expectation from Tony moving forward? That's not it with the wide receivers, though. John Ross has retired a bit of a surprising news and that puts the chiefs in a very interesting position with their wide receiver room right now so that is something to get into here on this podcast also justin herbert hits the bank and i think we've got to have a conversation about quarterbacks getting paid pretty much whatever they want Uh, a lot of that and more here on this episode of the Chief Zone. Happy Wednesday to all of you. Hope you're all having a great week. Hope you're all staying cool. It is 101 degrees right now. Uh, I am looking outside my window right now from my studio. Uh, I, I I can see kids in the swimming pool uh, enjoying this lovely heat. I don't know why. That is not something I would do in this 100 degree weather. Uh, but uh, to each their own, right? Uh, one quick housekeeping uh, note here. Uh, so... Uh, For those of you who watch live versions, and again, I greatly appreciate those of you who watch however it is you watch. um, I had to remove last week's episode uh, for kind of an odd reason. So uh, apparently uh, the audio has copyright issues. The the Chiefs own theme song, that is. You won't hear it on the live versions, but you will hear it on the podcast versions. We have the rights to use that song. Uh, Shout out to Morgan Gannam, big Chiefs fan who created that song uh, many years ago, and I believe it is still used uh, at Arrowhead during pregame. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, I guess in other countries, uh, that audio had copyright issues. So we had to take it down to avoid uh, further penalties. Uh, I won't get into that. Copyright in the internet, just not the greatest match. It, it uh, It can be a bit crazy sometimes. Let me uh, fix this. There we go. 
that is a little better on the uh, on the video version. Okay, uh, so enough of that. You guys probably don't care too much of that. For those of you that uh, were curious about the uh, video version, now you know. Uh, we do need to get into uh, some of the news here. Let's start with Chris Jones because this is by far the uh, the biggest story uh, at a Chiefs training camp. Chris Jones not at training camp. He will be fined $50,000 per day uh, for uh, for a player that's making millions and millions of dollars. That is just pocket change. Meanwhile, for the rest of us, that's a lot of money. So the $50,000 is not really a big deal for Chris Jones. Uh, let's, uh, l- let's look at the beginning with Chris Jones. He signed a four-year $80 million contract shortly before the start of training camp in July of 2020. I use that term loosely because in 2020, uh, training camp was very different. Uh, in fact, a lot of the media had no idea how training camp was because practices were closed to the media, to the public, essentially, for, um, for all 32 teams. Uh, let's look at the cap hit for Chris Jones in each of the last couple of years since he signed that new deal. In 2020, he had a cap hit of $15 million. In 2021, he had a cap hit of eight and a half million. By the way, these are approximate numbers. I'm not going to read the entire number, uh, but he had eight and a half million in 2021, almost 29 and a half million in 2022. And in 2023, for this upcoming season, he'll be making just north of $28 million. And if you do the simple math and add all of those up, you do get the $80 million that he signed uh, right before the 2020 season. So uh, Chris Jones, not at camp because he is seeking a new deal. He's 29 years old. He turned 29 at the beginning of July. And I think when you compare his contract to Aaron Donald's of the Rams and Aaron Donald just had a monster. Uh, he's had a monster career kind of took a step back this year and where Chris Jones really took the lead for best defensive player in the NFL pro football focus named him the defensive player of the year. Uh, that's obviously not the AP award for player of the year. Um, but the, the whole thing right now with Chris Jones at the moment is he, he's probably in a place where he's demanding at least 28, 29, maybe $30 million. Yeah, sure. When you look at, you know, four years, $80 million, you think, okay, on average, he's making 20 million. The, the contracts just don't work out like that. Exactly. Um, I just read you the cap it for each every year is a different year for Chris Jones, 50 million uh, in 2020, eight and a half in 2021 to almost 30 million in 2022 and just a little above 28 million for this year. Um, so listen, I, I guess we're getting a lot of questions answered because uh, Brett Veach, he was very optimistic about getting a deal done before training camp. We heard reports all summer long from Jeff, Tar- Jeff Darlington and Jeremy Fowler, both from ESPN and also James Palmer from NFL Network about how this was going to get done before the start of training camp at the ESPYs when the Chiefs just dominated that night. Patrick Mahomes won best male athlete, best NFL player, and the Chiefs won best team Best sports team, NFL and all of sports. Uh, four Chiefs players were there to accept the award from legendary Mike Tyson. And uh, Chris Jones was one of those four guys. And when he got on the mic, he had a very interesting speech. And one of the people, he, he actually the first person he thanked was Brett Veach. 
uh, which gave a lot of people confidence that this was going to get done before training camp. So how did we get here? How did we get from the point where there were all these reports that the Chiefs were going to get a deal done? They were optimistic that a deal was going to get done. That was the word that was thrown out there, optimistic. Everybody from the Chiefs front office was certain that this was going to get done in time. That's not the case, obviously. So where are we right now? Why are we at this point? Again, could be the um, the amount they're agreeing on because Adam Schefter did say that the Chiefs and the uh, and Chris Jones they're far apart in trying to come to some sort of an agreement. And you look at right now, Tyreek Hill has done a lot of interviews in the last year talking about his departure from Kansas City. He did a podcast hit with Shannon Sharp, and in that podcast hit, he talked about how. They agreed on the base salary, but they did not agree on the guaranteed money uh, part part of the contract. I don't know if this could be another situation like that. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We don't know exactly what the Chiefs and Chris Jones are in disagreement here, uh, what, what the disagreement is over. What, what we do know is Chris Jones is not a camp. There are a lot of rumors out there about what's going to happen moving forward. I, 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 we, I did a couple of live streams over the weekend talking about this. I have no idea what's going to happen. I was actually very certain that the DeAndre Hopkins signing was going to happen. And in order for that to happen, the Chris Jones deal would need to be redone. Uh, they would need to uh, give him a new deal. Extending him would have helped the Chiefs create some cap room for this year and would have allowed them to get DeAndre Hopkins. Didn't have neither of those of those things happened. The Chiefs had two big things on their to-do list for this summer. One was to get Chris Jones a new deal, extend his deal, keep him in Kansas City a little bit longer. And by doing that, that would have led them to bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. Neither of those things happened. Why are we here? What exactly happened? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, again, I, I've given you guys my my thoughts on, on what it could be. Perhaps the base salary, the guaranteed portion of the of the contract, the guaranteed money portion of the contract. Not exactly sure uh, what the d disagreement is, but uh, again, Chris Jones not at training camp, and this is arguably one of the biggest difference makers on the defensive side of the football in the NFL right now. Um, if you lose him. What what happens here? What what do you do? Um, what can you get out of him right now? I'm not saying I wanted to come down to that, but perhaps we have to start considering that if they are quote far apart as uh, reports indicate. Uh, listen, I said this uh, in the off season a couple of times, and people refuted what I was saying. Look, you have to worry about. Keeping Chris Jones next offseason, you got guys who are eligible for new contracts and guys who might hold out guys like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Nick Bolton, three big time players who you drafted in 2021. And they were all non first round draft picks, two of them in the second round, one of them in the sixth round. And for those guys to thrive the way they have since coming to Kansas City, they're in position to, to demand a new deal. They, they're all probably going to want a new deal. 
And listen, after that, you got to—I mean, you got to think about Legarius Need. He—he uh, he stepped up and had a better 2022 season after a bit of a step back in 2021. Had a had a good 2020 season. Um, only knock on him that year was uh, the availability. But when he was available, he was pretty good. Had he played a full season, he probably would have been in the running for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I, I'm not going to get too much into that right now. But my point is, Legarius Need is another player you got to think about. Chris Jones. Listen, no logical person here is saying that Chris Jones does not deserve a contract. The logic here from some people, and this has led to arguments online from good old Chiefs Kingdom, because that's the only way Chiefs Kingdom knows how to have a discussion. God forbid anyone has a rational disagreement on anything. Uh, but the logic here is maybe you don't extend Chris Jones. Maybe Maybe we have seen his last snap in Kansas City in a Chiefs uniform. Maybe we have seen, uh, or maybe we will see his last uh, play at some point this year. We don't know. Um, what some people are thinking is that maybe Chris Jones' time in Kansas City could be numbered because at this point, you got to understand something. If you keep Chris Jones, great. That's great news for your defense. That's not great news for Patrick Mahomes in the long run. Think of Super Bowl 55. I know that's not a Super Bowl any of us want to think about. That game sucked. But for the sake of this franchise moving forward, Super Bowl 55 was kind of a statement to the organization that, look, yeah, it's great. You've got this MVP caliber type of player. But in order to maximize his potential for his entire tenure in Kansas City, because the Chiefs did give him that massive extension of, what, what 10 years, making it a total of 12 years at the time he signed the contract. Uh, and we're in year nine of that extension. So in order for Patrick Mahomes to maximize his potential, in order for him to play at his best his entire time here, you've got to make sure Patrick Mahomes has the best offensive line possible during his time in Kansas City. Right now, he's got a great offensive line. He's got by far the best interior offensive line in all of football. There was a, uh, there have been some uh, recent um, polls uh, done by NFL executive scouts and coaches where they are asked to give uh, their uh, their list of the best quarterbacks, running backs, interior offensive linemen. For interior offensive linemen, Joe Tooney was number two, the, the second best interior offensive lineman in all of football. Creed Humphrey was also in the top 10. Now, I don't know where Trey Smith was, but I think I saw a couple of tweets indicating that he was not too far behind from the top 10. So you've got easily the best, Best interior offensive line in football. You had two bad offensive tackles last year that were numbers one and two and quarterback pressures allowed. The Chiefs have gone out there and I've made some changes, bringing in Jawan Taylor from the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the more better right tackles in football, and also Donovan Smith, a very experienced left tackle. He has, he's had some experience, has some good years and some bad years. So you're hoping that he can step it up and go resort to one of those revert to one of those good years that he's had in his past. Um, see, Donnie in the uh, in the chats made it very interesting. I can't keep everyone. Um, this is what I was saying for a long time. You have to pick and choose who you're going to keep in this organization moving forward. If you gave Tyreek Hill what he was asking for last summer, awesome. 
uh, Patrick Mahomes would have had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for a few more years, but that would also put you in a bind with the salary cap and trying to keep guys like Chris Jones, guys like Creed Humphrey, which, you know, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. We will very soon, though. Um, after uh, Super Bowl 58, hopefully that, that ends in the Chiefs uh, hoisting the Lombardi once again for the second year in a row. But I, 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 l- l- let me just let me just say something, because I get Chiefs fans are emotional. I'm not knocking Chiefs fans for being emotional right now about this. This is by far the best five year tenure in Chiefs history. OK, you if you want to go back to the best five year stretch in franchise history, you would have to go back to the to the Hank Stram era, man. Uh, you would have to go from 65 to, to 70. That is the best five-year stretch in Chiefs history before Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you had some really good years in the 90s, but that, that did not result in some postseason success. My point is, a, a lot of Chiefs fans were not alive in the late 60s when they had that beautiful run with Len Dawson, Mike Garrett, Otis Taylor, Ed Buddy, Jim Tyreer, EJ Hola, and, and a monstrous group of defensive players. Uh, it would take I, I don't I, if I if I gave you the list of players, I would for sure forget at least one or two guys. Chiefs fans today, I, I mean, maybe two percent of Chiefs fans were alive to even see that in the sixties. Ninety-eight percent of Chiefs fans right now are witnessing football that they have never witnessed before. This has always been a very passionate fan base. Um, It's funny because Chiefs haters love to knock on this franchise and talking about how Chiefs fans were not around until Patrick Mahomes showed up. Really? What about in 2013 and 2014 when they broke the Guinness World Record for loudest stadium in the world? Uh, in the 2000s and in the 90s, they've always been tabbed as the loudest stadium. In 1990, this was before I was born. In 1990, uh, John Elway was bitching at the refs that fans at Arrowhead were too damn loud. So Chiefs fans have been around for quite some time. This has always been a fan base that has wanted to see success. And they were they were impatient in 2012, flying all the banners, wearing black at the stadium to make a statement to the front office. Um, so listen, I can understand Chiefs fans right now being emotional because with this five-year stretch, okay? Okay, Patrick Mahomes is your, is your, is your number one fan favorite. So is Travis Kelsey. So is Chris Jones. Uh, guess what? So is George Karloftis, even though he's only been here a year. A lot of people have fallen in love with the guy. A lot of people also have fallen in love with a guy like Justin Reed. Uh, even though he's not a household name, people have come around to like him because of his contributions and his leadership to the team. Uh, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, it doesn't matter where you look at with this Chiefs team, there are fan favorites all across the board with this football team. Harrison Bucker and Tommy Townsend, t- special teams, they're people too. So I'm not here to knock Chiefs fans for being emotional over the fact that they could lose Chris Jones. I did uh, two Super Bowl jersey giveaways after the Chiefs won Super Bowl 57. Both I did one on Twitter and one on Instagram. Both of the winners asked for a Chris Jones jersey. 
And I kind of feel bad for those guys because um, they might they they might have received a jersey that they might not be able to wear. I mean, you could still wear it, but let's be honest, fans don't like to wear jerseys of players that are no longer with the organization. So this is yeah, Jarek McKinnon. Blake mentioned yeah, Jarek McKinnon, another uh, guy who's become a uh, a fan favorite, big fan favorite in Kansas City. So again, I'm not I'm not knocking on Chiefs fans for this, but. I think what Chiefs fans need to understand is you're at a point right now where you're realizing you can't keep everyone. Remember the day Tyreek Hill got traded March the 23rd? That morning at 8 a.m., March 23rd, 8 a.m., did anyone have any inkling or any hint that Tyreek Hill was going? No. That morning, the news came out. Tyree Hill's on on the on the on the move. Everybody was thrown off by that. I actually remember where I was. I was at the beach in Cancun, uh, just on my phone. Like, what the hell is going on here? And when he got traded, everybody was shocked. Everyone was uh, Chiefs fans were stunned. They did not see that coming. Let me tell you guys something. There have been some fan favorites who have who have moved on from this franchise or, or the chiefs have moved on from them. Maybe may a better term here. For instance, Alex Smith. Yeah. It got to the point where people were ready to move on from him because they realized the ceiling with him, but he's not the only guy. Let's not forget about Kareem hunt. Let's not forget about Tyron Matthew. Let's not forget about Tyreek Hill. Let's not forget about Marcus Peters. All of those guys were traded, cut, or they let them walk for completely different reasons, right? Kareem Hunt got into some trouble. Marcus Peters just, you know, did not see eye to eye with the organization. Uh, Tyron Matthew, I think the Chiefs just were ready to move on from him. Uh, uh, who am I missing? Uh, I, I think Alex Smith is the only guy I'm missing from that list. Yeah, they were just ready to move on from him because they had Patrick Mahomes in the wings uh, ready to go. My point is this franchise has moved on from some great players over the last uh, couple of years uh, or the last few years, I should say. If they were to move on from Chris Jones, it would suck. And I think it would be a big step back for the defense but I don't think it's the end of the world for the Chiefs. People thought that the sky was falling when Tyreek Hill got traded. Remember all the predictions? Oh, the AFC West. You know, the Raiders are getting better. They got Devontae Adams, and they forced Tyreek Hill out of the division. Oh, look at the look at the Chargers. They got J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Look at uh, the Broncos. They got Russell Wilson. Oh, boy, the Chiefs are screwed. Uh, ended up being the complete opposite, right? You had, uh, let's not go over it too. It's going to take too long. The Chiefs swept the AFC West, right? Um, it wasn't even close. It was not even close here. Uh, sorry, I just have to respond to this text quickly. Uh, so when you look at the Chris Jones situation right now, is there a chance he gets traded? Yeah, possibly. Um, there was a question earlier, and this is something that some, some people have been asking about lately. Scott's asking how many draft picks could we get for 95? Yeah, this is a very interesting question. So I, I'm going to compare this and I know this is a completely different time because we're in the year 2023, not 2008, but I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm thinking about when the Jared Allen trade happened because when the Jared Allen trade happened again, this is off the top of my head, the chiefs got a first round pick which was, I think, number 17 overall. They ended up moving up two spots so they could secure Brandon Albert. But they got a first-round pick uh, 
They got two third-round picks, and I believe the Chiefs and Vikings swapped six-round picks. So, uh, you know, a defensive lineman like Chris Jones, similar to Jared Allen, I, I would think that he could pull. Uh, you could pull something like that. Again, times have changed, so I don't know if you could get that exact type of deal. Uh, maybe something similar like the Tyreek Hill trade, where you get a first, a second, and several other extra draft picks in the second and third days of the NFL draft. Uh, a second-round pick, obviously, a second-day pick, but... Um, still a very early draft pick, to, uh, so to say. So uh, could be one of those uh, types of deals uh, in terms of what you could get for Tyreek Hill. By the way, if you guys have a question, comment, anything you guys want to say, um, comment below, and I'll try to get to those uh, near the end of the podcast. So, uh, again, all questions, comments, don't worry. You are not getting ignored. It's just uh, we got to keep the show moving uh, with the topics, and uh, I promise we will make time for your comments uh, tonight, uh, as we uh, talk about things, a lot of things to get into. So we talked about Chris Jones and the situation going on there. We got to get into another situation with uh, Kadarius Tony here because this one is a bit of a surprise. Well, okay, maybe not a surprise, but it's definitely not something people expected to happen. So in day one of training camp, with the veterans in, uh, Kadarius Tony tweaked his knee. Then we learned on Tuesday that he had surgery on that knee, damaging his meniscus. So he went and got that cleaned up. Travis Kelsey did a press conference on Monday, essentially saying that KT was done for all of training camp and would not take part in the preseason, essentially. And so reporters decided to run with that comment. And KT put out a tweet refuting those reports, which I thought was very interesting. Then we learned 24 hours later that he had surgery. So uh, not exactly sure what to expect from KT for the rest of training camp. In other words, I don't know if we're going to see anything from Tony in the months of August. Let me just say this. So um, I had a, a knee procedure done very similar almost four weeks four weeks ago to Kadarius Tony. Uh, very minor knee surgery. So it's called Cyclops lesion. Uh, now, I, this is not the exact surgery that KT had, but uh, my doctor did say that if they notice a tear um, since the um, MRI, if, a tear, if there was a tear with the meniscus, they would clean that up. Um, and fortunately that was not the case for me, but if there was the time to the, the recovery uh, timetable would still be very similar. So what Kadarius Tony is getting done now, um, is nothing serious. Uh, th so again, this surgery was done Tuesday morning. At least that's what Andy Reed told the media. So in terms of his ability to walk, he should be in a place where he could do that. Might not be the best. Sure, might wobble or limp uh, as he's trying to continue to do that. But in the next week or so, should be able to walk just fine. Now, in terms of being able to go full speed... That's my question there. And let me just say that I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor or a physical therapist or any of that stuff, because let's understand one thing. Professional athletes, their whole recovery process is not going to be the same as the average person's uh, for the same procedure. I remember Adrian Peterson tore his ACL late in December, and he was ready to go in September. Uh, I mean, he was playing games in September. No, no human being can go back to full speed activity that quick. Uh, but professional athletes, listen, they're just built different than you and I are. So uh, that is one thing to consider with uh, KT's recovery. But uh, at the same time, you don't want to rush anything, right? Uh, 
Now, that's not the only news with the wide receivers. Some, uh, And I see some of you guys in the chat uh, talking about this. Uh, news came out today, uh, about an hour ago, that John Ross has retired. This was not something I expected here. The wide receiver room has uh, gotten thin. It was already thin before training camp. Now with, I mean, you're not even a full week in with the veterans and things have gotten pretty interesting here. Let me read you who the wide receivers. Okay. Kadarius Sony right now, just not available. Uh, I don't know if he has been officially placed on the PUP or what the, the deal is with him, but he's, he's obviously not practicing. So we might as well say he's on the PUP. Um, John Ross has retired. Very unexpected, but that is the that story right now. So who are your wide receivers at the moment? You've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, got Sky Moore, got Richie James, Justin Watson. The uh, the inexperience is starting to come in here. I, did I mention Rishi Rice? He's uh, probably next on that depth chart. You've got Justin Ross. We've yet to see him play an NFL snap. You have Amir Smith-Marset, who has some familiarity with the offense. You've got Cornell Powell who has hardly played a snap, um, but he's been around since 2021. So he's familiar with the playbook at least. Now we're getting into names that we're not really too familiar with guys like Kakoa Crawford, Ty Freifogel, Nika Remigio, an undrafted rookie. You have Jerry on Ely who I believe he's listed as a wide receiver, but he has been going back to the running back position, doing some work there. So given some of the, um, some of the news with the receivers like Kadarius, Tony and John Ross, maybe Cherry on Ely returns back to the wide receiver group. I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen there, but uh, the wide receiver room is not thin. Is this anything to panic about right now? no, um, I mean, I mean, it's the world's not coming to an end. You know, none of that stuff is happening right now. But the wide receiver room right now is not where you want it to be. Certainly not where you want it to be. Kadarius Tony was the guy touted to be the number one guy coming into the season, and right now your number one guy, um, there is some uncertainty as to whether or not he will be available for Week One. And let me listen. Let me just say this. I don't mean to knock on the Chiefs for this, but I do not trust him right now with handling wide receivers. Did you see how they handled McCole Hardman last year? Putting that 21-day deadline on him, and they did not activate him until the 11th hour. And I mean, it was just a very—the the McCole Hardman situation was just odd. Um, and even coming back, it just seemed like they rushed him back into things. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster dealt with a lot of injuries. Kadarius Tony dealt with injuries last year. In fact, all three of those guys, if I recall correctly, got injured during the AFC Championship game. So right now with your wide receivers, there's not a lot of... There, there aren't a lot of guys that you can lean on and say that these are... These are, these are some viable options here. 
MVS, let me just say about MVS. I know a lot of Chiefs fans were kind of uncertain about him last year. I was excited about MVS. I thought he was going to be a good number two behind uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, if you guys recall, the MVS signing happened, I believe, shortly after Tyreek Hill was traded away. Now MVS probably finds himself in a spot where he might need to be the number one receiver. He's got the speed. He's got great speed. We didn't see him showcase that last year. So you might need to see some of that this year. I, I'll tell you what, man, if you're Andy Reid, if you are Matt Nagy, you've got to get creative with this offense right now because we know guys like MVS and Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Richie James, uh, Justin Ross. We know those guys have some good speed, but we haven't seen these guys go out there, especially guys like Justin Ross uh, and um, and Rasheed Rice. They've yet to play an NFL snap. Uh, Sky Moore has played in the NFL, obviously, last year, but he didn't have significant snaps last season for a second-round pick. Um, odds are those guys are going to be playing a lot of snaps this year, a lot of snaps. Uh, Justin Watson, I know this is a guy who has some uh, veteran experience out there, but is this a guy you really want as a number one or a number two receiver? Is this a guy that, like, if the Chiefs were to say today, uh, let's say the let's say training camp ends today, and the Chiefs say Justin Watson is one of the starters for uh, wide receiver, I don't know if you would feel pretty good about that. I, in fact, I think a lot of people would cringe. Um, I think Justin Ross is good at providing depth. I don't see him as a guy that could be a, um, a, a key starter for your offense. Yeah, right now, I'm just not really sure with the wide receivers. Um, I know some of you guys have mentioned Jarvis Landry. I'll tell you what, man, if you are Brett Veach or if you're a member of this front office, you are keeping a very close eye on... Potential surprise cuts, specifically at the wide receiver position, because if if you're if you're uh, let's just say six wide receivers right now are MVS, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, James Ritchie, and Justin Ross. Those are my six guys. Cornell Powell could be a seventh guy, especially considering the Chiefs do not have a fullback anymore. Michael Burton moved on to Denver, um, so there's a possibility the Chiefs have seven. Amir Smith-Marset might be that seventh guy. I don't know. That is not a uh, that is not a great set of wide receivers to go into. And I'll say this right now: if Patrick Mahomes is going to repeat as the MVP and also help the Chiefs repeat as Super Bowl champions, either the Chiefs found uh, a key wide receiver to bring in, or Patrick Mahomes found a way to. Bring out the best in a lot of these guys. If Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP again, it's probably because he found a way to bring out the best in Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice and James Ritchie and MVS and Justin Ross. And I'm not saying Kadarius Tony won't play. Kadarius Tony will play a snap this year. He will. Um, that type of knee procedure is not going to sideline you for the entire year. It's just not. But this is not the best set of wide receivers right now. Yes, you have Travis Kelsey as your number one pass catcher, but you do not want to run this guy to the ground. Maybe there's a possibility your number two tight end, I, I think it's Jody Fortson, he's probably going to see a lot of action. Remember when Alex Smith was throwing a lot to Demetrius Harris? Not the best tight end in the world, but they used him a lot. 
I think the Chiefs might do something like that this year, given how thin they are at wide receiver. Um, this is not a position group. I, I, I don't want to say I'm not excited about because listen, the, the Chiefs are right now relying on potential with Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore. Those are three very inexperienced receivers that we honestly don't know much about in terms of their NFL capability. Richie James, yeah, he did some good things with the Giants. And, you know, this might be an offense that better suits him in the long run. So, again, not the prettiest wide receiver room out there. So the Chiefs are either going to need to keep an eye on some guys in free agency, some surprise, some potential surprise cuts, or this the coaching staff is going to have to get very creative. Listen, I know the knock on Patrick Mahomes is, oh, he's only throwing guys that get wide open, and a lot of his passing yards are, are due to yak, yards after the catch. Well, you know what, man? I think it's time to get very creative and find a way to get a lot of yak here because these guys have a lot of speed. James, James Ritchie, he's got great speed. MVS, he's got good speed. KT, whenever he's available, yeah, he's got the speed for it. Um, all these guys have very good speed here that I'm talking about. Sky Moore, Justin Ross. Uh, they got to find a way to get these guys open. And all you got to do is have Patrick Mahomes hit. Look, I know the big knock on Mahomes is that he did not have a pass that he did not have one of those uh, deep pass, uh, deep touchdown passes like he did with Tyreek Hill so many times. Uh, he did have some deep downfield passes. He did just not deep downfield touchdown passes, which is fine. You know, again, I know some people love to bring up the fact that Mahomes had a lot of short passes that went for touchdowns, which, you know, who cares at the end of the day, as long as you're scoring touchdowns. I remember in Alex Smith's last year with the Chiefs, the Chiefs were last in the in the red zone in the NFL. So that is something that they got way better at with Patrick Mahomes when he got to Kansas City and started playing games. I just want to know right now, and again, and Keith makes a very interesting point right now, a guy like Jarek McKinnon, you know, I know the Chiefs have tried to save his repetitions more for the second half of the season and then the playoffs. That's how they've done it the last two years. Maybe this is an opportunity for McKinnon to play a lot more early on. Um, and again, we'll see with Isaiah Pacheco. I'll get to the running backs a little bit later, but um, because Isaiah Pacheco, he still has the yellow jersey on in training camp. But very surprising start for the uh, for training camps, especially at the receivers. The whole Chris Jones thing, I guess there was maybe some inkling that he might not be there because people were saying whenever the pictures came out of Chiefs players, of the veterans uh, coming into St. Joe, people were all saying, Chris Jones is going to be there. So I guess there was some expectation that Chris Jones was going to be absent, but I don't think anyone saw this coming with Kadarius Sony getting hurt on day one and John Ross retiring on what day four of training camp. Yeah. Day four of training camp. So some, some surprises there for sure. Let me know your guys thoughts on this. Uh, I, I think this is now a good time to maybe read some comments here. Uh, I, I talked about McCole Harmon a moment ago. Joshua says Harmon should have been shut down for the year. That injury was odd. Yeah, that was really odd. I had Matt Derrick on the podcast and you know, we, we just could not figure out like what in the hell was going on? What, what was the whole recovery process all about with that situation here? 
Uh, Scott mentions Jarvis Landry. Joshua also mentioned Jarvis Landry. Uh, uh, Nick says, I had a conversation with two guys at work the other day. That turned into watching them argue over Mahomes and Herbert. It was nuts. Yes, I'll get into Justin Herbert in a, in a moment here. Eric says instead of John Ross trying to get better to compete, he raised the uh, flag and retired. He has shown he did not live up to the hype, and it's better he retired. By the way, people don't know this. Um, he was picked one spot before Patrick Mahomes in the same draft. Crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Uh, Blake says, I was totally surprised. Last we heard, we were close to an extension. I was like, oh, you're talking about Chris Jones. I wasn't even mad. We all knew uh, to keep a competitive team. We couldn't afford to make him the highest paid wide receiver in the league, which is what he wanted. Oh, you're talking about Tyree Kill. Because uh, I was kind of comparing that to the whole Chris Jones thing and how some of the fan favorites have no longer. I mean, they've been traded or let go. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, we're hoping for the best, but possibly expecting the worst. Um, it, it has been kind of an interesting uh, few days uh, with this, especially with all of the speculation going on. Jake says, with all the defense features building up for this season, it's imperative that they give Chris Jones his money. I, listen, I, I don't disagree, Jake. Yeah, Chris Jones is needed for this uh, for this defense. But what about the other guys? What about Creed Humphrey? What about... Uh, Trey Smith, you're going to be in a very tough spot to keep those guys. Nick Bolton's another guy. Um, hey, listen, the Chiefs have been very lucky with the center position. They they brought back Casey Wegman. After that, they had Ryan Lilja, who did very well. Then they drafted, I believe, uh, Mitch Morse from Mizzou. They drafted him. There was another guy, Rodney Hudson, uh, who, who who played well also. Uh, it was Rodney Hudson, then it was Mitch Morse. I can't recall if Rodney Hudson played more guard and, or more center during his time as a chief. Um, but then after Mitch Morse, you drafted... Well, no, the Chiefs had a bit of a gap before uh, drafting Creed Humphrey. But anyway, my point is the Chiefs have done a good job of finding good centers th through the draft, but... You don't want to keep doing that every single time. You'd like to have that uh, that guy who's holding the football at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the play for a long period of time. Uh, hopefully, they can do that with Preed Humphrey. Matt says it's doable, though Mahomes makes everyone great around him, like Brady in New England had some shit wide receivers and made them shine. Yeah, well, this is actually a great point. I talked about this earlier in the offseason, Matt. Um, listen, what was the formula in New England? You know, uh, because they did switch up some guys, but they kept Tom Brady the entire time and they tried to keep some offensive linemen for a long period of time. After that, you know, they got lucky with guys like Gronk. Um, Vince Wilford moved on. They brought in some other guys on that defense. They had Ty Law for a while. Then they had, um, they had JC Jackson. I can't remember who was the guy before JC Jackson, Stefan Gilmore. That's who it was. So they've had some very good quarterbacks over the years, finding them through the draft, getting some middle tiered players in free agency and trying to make them better uh, in New England. So 
uh, you know, you might see some of that here in Kansas City. Uh, I've talked about that before. Blake says if Jody Fortson can stay healthy, he can definitely be a threat. Let's also not forget about Richie James with Mahomes throwing to him instead of Daniel Jones. And yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> and let's also not forget about Jet McKinnon uh, receiving abilities. Yeah, someone mentioned uh, McKinnon's. I believe Keith mentioned that uh, as well. So, um, you know, you get again, this is probably an, an, an offense where with the coaching staff, they're going to need to get creative. They're going to need to come up with some things to try to ease the pain with. Uh, listen, I'm not here to say John Ross is a major uh, loss here for the Chiefs, but you were hoping that he could at least get a chance to prove himself to that to the point where he could prove his potential as being the ninth pick in the draft. Uh Unfortunately, that that that's not going to be happening in Kansas City. So you're going to have to move on from that. Kadarius Tony, when is he going to be available? And not just available to play, but available to go full speed to be able to play like a number one receiver, like the Chiefs have been talking about, uh, as as the guy to try to make him the number one receiver. Uh, hopefully for years to come, because this could be Kadarius Tony's last chance. To really prove himself. Because um, if he does not stay healthy, boy, um, not a lot of teams are going to be calling his agent in a hurry to bring him in. They'll be interested in his potential, but they'll have their hesitations as well with him. Okay, we got to move on here and talk about Justin Herbert. By the way, uh, please uh, keep the comments coming. I love the interaction. I appreciate all of you guys who are doing all of that on the um, on the Facebook page, also on the YouTube page. I know on YouTube we're kind of young and, and uh, uh, building on there. So if you guys haven't done so already, search the Chief Zone on YouTube. You guys can also watch our uh, live streams on YouTube. I know if you're on your iPhone doing other things, I know it's easier to have YouTube in the background versus Facebook if you guys are listening to the podcast live. So uh, be aware, guys. YouTube is an option. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Definitely need some help getting that going as well. Okay, Justin Herbert, this guy hit the bank. Uh, let me pull up the exact deal. Uh, Justin Herbert contract. Should have done this before. I believe it's a four-year, uh, $262.5 million deal. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, um, this is getting out of control here. Quarterbacks are getting whatever the hell they want. Uh, for those of you on the... Um, Watching the live version, the Nick, the YouTube name is the Chief Zone. Just one word. Just type YouTube.com/slash at the Chief Zone, and you should find it. Um, okay, I'm gonna put up something on the screen for you guys. Um, for those of you listening to the podcast version, I will explain this in a second here because I have a graphic I created of the top 10 paid quarterbacks. Now I have 11 because there is a tie for number 10 with Daniel Jones and Matthew Stafford. So what I have here, I have the top 10 quarterbacks uh, starting with Justin Herbert and going all the way to the two guys tied for number 10 in Daniel Jones and Matthew Stafford. In the middle column, I have the AAV, the average approximate value. In other words, uh, how much they're making per year on average. Uh, now you'll see Patrick Mahomes right there. It says forty-five million. He's not making forty-five million this year, though. It is. I think the the number is like thirty-seven point nine million. So again, this is an average. So don't uh, don't get confused with any of that. 
but we are taking their full contract and we're doing the average like that. So hopefully that made sense. Um, for those who did not know what AAV meant, playoff record is the third column here. Okay, let's go to number one, Justin Herbert. He is getting, on average, $52.5 million per year. He's got a playoff record of 0-1. Lamar Jackson, he's number two on this list, getting $52 million a year. He's 1-3 in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts is third on the list at $51 million, and he's 2-2 two two in the playoffs. Your top three guys who are all making more than $50 million per year, do not even have a winning playoff record. And teams are just saying, here, have my money. Here's a check with as many zeros as you want on this. Number four is Aaron Rodgers. By the way, this is already out of date because I created this in the middle of the night. Um, That's what I do sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night. I just create graphics uh, on my phone. Um... But Aaron Rodgers, so a report came out that Aaron Rodgers has uh, already taken a pay cut. So bear with me on this. Uh, If you notice, I have a trophy emoji next to Aaron Rodgers' name because he has won a Super Bowl before. Aaron Rodgers is the only player on here um, who is in the top five that has at least 10 playoff games, uh, 10 playoff wins, excuse me, and has a Super Bowl uh, under his belt. Number five is Russell Wilson. He also has a Super Bowl, but he has a nine and seven playoff record. Now, perhaps he earned that Broncos deal given his accomplishments, but so far it just has not looked very good. Kyler Murray, just like Justin Herbert, is 0 and 1 in the playoffs and a disaster year for the Cardinals. It might be another disaster year, an even worse disaster year for the uh, for the Cards. Kyler Murray is 0-1 in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson is 1-2 and has not played a full season of football in quite some time. He's number seven and has $46 million per year on average. Patrick Mahomes is number eight on this list. He's got $45 million per year. He's 11-3 in the playoffs, by far the best playoff win percentage, and he's the only guy on this list that has two Super Bowl rings. He's the only active quarterback that has two Super Bowls. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, you forgot about Jimmy Garoppolo. Folks, I'm not counting backup quarterbacks. All right. I'm just not. Uh, number nine is Josh Allen, 43 million, four and four playoff record. And then tied 10th, Daniel Jones and Matthew Stafford, each with 40 million. Daniel Jones is one in one. Matthew Stafford, he's got a Super Bowl. He a fairly recent a Super Bowl win. He is four and three in the playoffs. So those are your top 10 quarterbacks. And you look at the top three guys right there. They don't have a winning playoff record. Lamar Jackson, the guy has a losing playoff record. And they gave him the highest paid contract at the time. Okay, if if I'm a running back right now, okay, if I'm a running back, because look at look at the situation with running backs, and I'm not here to make a big segment with running backs, but I think a case needs to be made with the running backs right now. If I'm, I know Saquon Barkley just got his deal. Josh Jacobs is kind of just, his situation's, you know, still uncertain right now. But the running backs are trying to figure this shit out. Dalvin Cook and Kareem Hunt have not been signed. <laughs> Which, and listen, I know something came up with Dalvin Cook as to why, why he may not be signed, but... If I'm a running back in the NFL right now, I'm saying, look, 
You guys are giving Lamar Jackson a shit ton of money, but you're not willing to pay running backs? Justin Herbert just choked against the Jaguars. You're not willing to you're you're still willing to give him that money, but you're not willing to pay us? Austin Eckler just had a big rant about running backs recently. How do you think this sits over with him? Listen, I understand 15 years ago, the running back position is far different today than it was 15 years ago. The way running backs are used are just not the same. I get that, folks. But I think we got to, I mean, teams need to step up and say, look, we are not fucking paying you 50 goddamn million dollars because you have accomplished nothing in the playoffs so far. Look, let me, hold on. Let me go back to this. Look at the playoffs. Look at the playoff record here. Why are we paying these guys? Why are we paying Herbert, Jackson, Hurts, Murray? Uh, why are we paying these guys so much money? I don't get it. Um, am I jealous? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm jealous. Um, look, there's a reason why so many kids growing up want to play sports, okay? You get the money. You get the glo- Have you seen Patrick Mahomes' house on, on the show Quarterback? Okay, the the photos of his house outside went viral. On the show, they actually give you a tour of the inside. Patrick Mahomes has a full-on basketball court. And we're talking about those basketball courts where they have, okay, obviously you got the hoops uh, from each end, but then you also have those uh, on the side, you've got four additional hoops. He has that kind of a gym in his house, a basketball gym. Uh <laughs> Uh, I, I know Brittany uh, on her Instagram, she does Q&As uh, from time to time. And she was asked, you know, uh, how many houses and uh, cars do you have? And she admitted that they have three houses and seven cars. This is why kids want to be professional athletes. They want they want a Lamborghini. They want um uh, what's the, what, what, what does Elon Musk own? Oh my God. How do I forget the name? Tesla. They want a Tesla. They want a Cadillac. They want, you know, a, a, one of those nice, sweet Jeeps that they can, uh, drive in the summertime. You know, uh, what's going on here? This is, we're just handing money to quarterbacks who have not, who have hardly, what has Lamar Jackson accomplished? I don't blame running backs for being pissed off, man. Um, you're paying 50 million. Okay, Jalen Hurts, I can understand. This guy just took you to a Super Bowl and was in the running for MVP. But LJ and Herbert? And listen, I like Justin Herbert. I, I really do. Uh, but how do you earn that contract after blowing a 27 nothing lead in the playoffs? I mean, how do you how do you how do you let this happen if you're the Chargers? I don't I don't understand the logic there. So, congratulations to the quarterbacks, man. Uh, the quarterback position it is when uh, when Patrick Mahomes signed his extension, McCole Hardman tweeted a joke, but kind of was not a joke. He said, even if um, even if the pass is overthrown, it's still my fault. He's he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Um, uh, listen, I, I don't expect fans to be experts or scouts or anything. I know there are some fans out there who pretend to be film analysts, which I think is funny. But um, if uh, if Patrick Mahomes and a wide receiver are not connecting on a, on a pass, if, if something's overthrown, who do you think people are going to blame? 
Are they going to blame Mahomes for overthrowing it, or are they going to blame the receiver for not running the route properly on time? They're going to blame the receiver. No one's going to blame Patrick Mahomes. No one's going to blame Patrick Mahomes. They're just not. Uh, anyway, um, William says that's crazy that this is all happening during camp. Yeah, that's a really good point. The retire. I'd be very curious. Like, what what led John Ross to retiring? Nathan traded his Herbert mini for a Montana mini. Uh, good. Uh, who did you rip off? Were these signed? Like you just fucking ripped off whoever you just ripped off. Good for you, Nathan. <laughs> you traded a Herbert mini helmet, I assume signed for a Joe Montana. You said Montana. I assume you're talking about Joseph Montana, the Joe Montana. Uh, dude, that is some chiefsaholic criminal robbery right there. Uh, Nick says, I think John Ross retired from all the injuries he had over the years, but I'm not certain. Yeah, it could be Nick. It, it could be uh, a couple of other quick notes I want to get into here. So Tyreek Hill has been making some noise today. Uh, he did his first media, uh, availability since the incident that happened in Florida. Uh, why is Tyreek Hill always involved in something? I don't know. Uh, he also made a very interesting comment that he said he's going to go into the Hall of Fame as a Miami Dolphin. Uh, I have a question. Are people going into the Hall of Fame with a designated team? Like, is that actually a thing? Did Tony Gonzalez go in as a Falcon or a Chief? I honestly could not tell you. I really don't know. Um, did Ty Law go in as a Patriot or as a Jet or as a Chief? I, I, I seriously have no idea. Um... Is that even a thing? Like, who did Marcus Allen go? What 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 was like the designated team Marcus Allen went in as? Nick says Gonzalez went in as a chief. Okay, Nick, I'm not saying you're a liar. I, I, I'm really not. I, I I seriously don't know, but I I just don't know. Like, what's the designation in there? Because I've looked up the Hall of Fames, uh, like the website. Baseball does have them pick teams when inducted. Okay, that's good to know, Joshua. Nathan, uh, I should probably put these up on the screen, by the way. Nathan says that's why they send one-day contracts. Uh, listen, the one-day contracts, like, that's cool and all. Um, the one-day contracts, honestly, I've never really cared about so much as a fan. I can understand as a player you want your name. You're, like, on your Wikipedia, the last team you were with was this team. Like, okay, I get that. Um I will say the Chiefs got very creative. Like with Dwayne Bow, they uh, they had Mahomes throw a touchdown pass to him. Uh, they had they handed uh, Mahomes handed a ball off to Jamal Charles. Derek Johnson broke a huddle. Uh, like that stuff was 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 kind of cool. Um, other than that, like I, I've never really cared so much about one day contracts. Uh, but yeah, Tyreek Hill, listen, Tyreek Hill knows what he's doing, right? On his podcast, he brings up the Chiefs constantly and makes them. I know he made a homophobic comment about the Chiefs uh, trying to, you know, get. Listen, Chiefs fans, I love y'all. I really do. But sometimes you guys take the bait very well. You guys, hey, listen, I guess I'm included in that. I've responded to certain comments about the Chiefs out there. Uh, there are a lot of fan bases, you know, like like podcasters and bloggers that have a decent following. They know what they're doing when they comment about the Chiefs because they know Chiefs fans. It's going to get back to them and it's going to get a, a lot of re reactions. Um, so I guess that's what Tyreek Kill is doing ultimately. Uh, I did ask you guys a question uh, about Daenerys Prince asking 
Do you guys think he makes a 53-man roster? This guy's been getting some hype. We still don't know a lot about Isaiah Pacheco. I know he did say that he will absolutely be available for week one, but what else is he going to say, right? Um... Jerry and Ely, I did talk about him possibly going back to the wide receivers group, but he has gone back to the running back position group. Because, um, listen, I, I put Jerry on Ely as a receiver, and people have said, oh, no, he's a running back. Well, he was a running back. He switched to receiver. Now he's back at the running back running backs group at the moment. So I kind of um, I, 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 I find his little journey here interesting. Uh, maybe he goes back to wide receivers, given the uh, situation the Chiefs are dealing with right now there. I don't know. Uh, but the running back position group is a very interesting one. I know Prince has been getting some hype uh, in camp. So has, uh, so has uh, James, Richie James, that is. So I think that is something to uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, last little nugget here before we sign off. This is quite the story. Ladies and gentlemen, I never thought we'd be talking about this on the podcast. Travis Kelsey is trying to send his digits to Taylor Swift. Yes, the Taylor Swift. Uh, the same Taylor Swift who performed at Arrowhead very recently, which got very interesting reactions from lovers and haters. <laughs> By the way, funny story. So I posted the picture of Patrick and Brittany at the concert, and everybody was just, you know, people love the picture. And then there were a few people who were like, oh, why are they there? They should give their... Uh, tickets to someone who cannot afford them. Shut up. Uh, like, Mahomes already does enough community service. He really does. And so does... I, I know Brittany's done some things as well with uh, KC Pet Project and whatnot. So, anyway. Um, the, the Taylor Swift thing at Arrowhead was a big deal. But apparently, Travis Kelsey had his phone number on his bracelet and was going to give that to Taylor Swift. Because some of these uh, musicians, they'll do like a VIB, VIP, excuse me, little meet and greet mingle type of deal. Uh, oh, hey, you're a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. Yeah, let's rub elbows. Let's talk. Let's ex exchange numbers. Let, oh, when are you going to be in Vegas? Yeah, I'll be here too. Let's, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, apparently Taylor Swift does not do that. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, tra Travis Kelsey was joking that, um, that, uh, she can't do that because she's got to save her voice for the 44 songs she's going to sing. Is, is that really how many songs she performs? Um, Joseph says, what about stadium topic? Uh, uh, let me get into that in a, in a moment, because uh, that's not on my uh, agenda here. But if you want to talk about that a little bit, we can. Um, but yeah, tra Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, T Swift and T Kelsey. Is that what we're doing here? Is that is that going to be a thing? Uh, listen, this has actually generated a lot of headlines because Kelsey talked about this on his podcast. Um, this is definitely going to get to Taylor Swift. Like she is going to hear about this from either her manager or from the media or social media. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I mean, listen, if you were not able to get a chance to talk to her backstage, you got a chance now because this has generated a shit ton of headlines. So this will definitely uh, this will definitely get to her one way or another. Okay, last quick thing, and I'm going to get out of here. But Joseph wanted to talk about the stadium. Okay, so... I I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big baseball guy, but I am following the whole Royals thing. Um, I know John Sherman put out a two-page letter yesterday that not a lot of people were happy about. <laughs> um, people were just, like, even the things he said, like, I don't think he said anything terrible. Um, he basically made it clear that, hey, look, the progress this year is unacceptable and we need to make it better. 
You know, I, I was saying this for a while. Like, if the Royals are going downtown, what is the point? Because outside of 2015 and 2014, two remarkable years from the Royals, and after those years, there have only been a couple of good years. 2003, 2013, and 2016. So you've had two top-notch seasons, and three, you know, kind of solid average seasons. Outside of that, every single year with the Kansas City Royals in my lifetime has been shit. Uh, now, I know what a lot of people are going to say. By the time the new stadium will be open in 2031, uh, which is eight years from now, a lot can change. Folks, I get that. But in my lifetime, you know, with all, so many different changes with the Royals, the quality of play has been the same. The uh, People don't go to Kauffman Stadium because they're dying to see the product on the field outside of those five years I've mentioned. People go to the stadium just kind of more for like the novelty at this point. The stadium, it's beautiful. I've heard it's one of the best in all of baseball. Um, even though it's not in a downtown venue, it's still a very, it, it, it's a great view with the fountains and whatnot and all those things. Um I just don't know exactly, you know, if this is worth it for the Royals, because if your quality of play is not going to improve, dude, you're going to be spending $2 billion on the stadium downtown. What is it going to seat a lot of empty people? Uh, listen, I, I got a comment once from somebody saying, well, a lot of young people live downtown and they'll, they would love to go to get people are not going to go to games. Down, listen, there's a lot of things to do downtown. The downtown scene in Kansas City has grown a lot ever since we've had power and light and the uh, Sprint Center, which is now the T-Mobile Center. That area has grown quite a lot over the years. All right. Um, there are I mean, there are a lot of things to do uh, from. You know, right in the middle of downtown, uh, the, the the city market, that area. And uh, when you look at places like, uh, what's it called? Um, the place where they have uh, Mission Tacos. Oh, boy. Uh, that area escapes my name right now. That that little area, that part of downtown. I consider it part of downtown. I just cannot think of that. Um, it is like right just north of Union Station. The crossroads. Thank you. Yeah, the crossroads area. Um, there's a lot to do in that area. Uh, I, I just don't know uh, if this is a good idea unless the Royals make progress. They've got a few years to do it. I just don't have any optimism in, in them doing that. Uh, so what does that what does that where does that leave the Chiefs? Um, I know the Chiefs are so huge on tradition. Clark Hunt was just asked recently about alter a possibility of alternate jerseys, and he kind of shut that down because a lot of people online have been talking about that. He kind of shut that down by basically talking about how the red and white is essentially a huge part of the tradition. So don't expect the Chiefs to do any of that. Ultimately. I guess that's a pretty good sign that the Chiefs might not leave Arrowhead. And I know Mark Donovan, the president, leaned more towards renovating the stadium. Um, okay. I mean, listen, Arrowhead's get it. What is it? Isn't it the third or fourth oldest stadium in the NFL right now? I don't know what much more you could do with renovations. What could you do that you haven't done before? Um, because renovating in a brand new stadium, I mean, th th those are two completely different deals. Uh, listen, I went to Allegiant Stadium last August for a concert. 
beautiful stadium. It, it's a great stadium to go to. I would love to see SoFi Stadium. I hope to make that trip in the next year or two. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I'd love for that to maybe happen next year. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about SoFi and Allegiant Stadium during football games. I have not seen uh, a Chiefs Raiders game yet, maybe in the future. But, man, um, I'll tell you what. If the Chiefs are going to invest money in in renovations or a new stadium, just do it right. And again, I don't care where you do it. I don't care if you do it in Kansas City, Missouri. I don't care if you do it in Kansas City, Kansas. By the way, if you're one of those people that's threatening to boycott the Chiefs if they move state lines, stop it, okay? If the Chiefs are continuing to play at a high level if they move to Kansas, you will 100% still support. Raiders fans are still supporting their team, and they move to a completely different area. The Chiefs will only be moving 10 minutes away. So let's calm down with the whole state line thing. By the way, I don't think the Chiefs are leaving Missouri. I just don't. If they go to Kansas, the only area I think that would make sense would be in the area where you have the Legends and uh, Hollywood Casino. There's a lot of open land in that area. I think that's the only logical place you could go to. There's a lot of space in that area. A lot of space. Um, some people could park at the casino or at the legends and walk, or the chiefs could have their own parking lot and people can park there for a higher price. Um, if they destroy Kauffman stadium, they can just build it there. Keith says, yeah, that's possible. I, I saw some people throw out the possibility. So if you guys pull up, uh, uh, not a legion, um, uh, Gillette stadium on your maps, on your, um, on your phone. You'll notice that it's kind of like Sporting KC's stadium where you have Sporting KC and then you have the shopping center uh, right there. A lot of places to shop, eat, drink. Um, What if the Chiefs did something like that where if they do tear down Kauffman Stadium, they could turn that into like a little mini shopping center area? Uh, where you have a place to eat. But but at the same time, that area is really not conducive to a shopping center either. So I don't really know if you want to do that at the same time. Because, listen, the, the Truman Sports Complex is really in the middle of nowhere. It really is. Um, I think that's what the Royals want to do. They really want to go to a place where it's not in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of somewhere. Um, I would like for the Chiefs to do the same thing. I would like Final Fours. I would like WrestleManias. I would like... Uh, you know, big superstar concerts. Um, you know, I know they just had it with Taylor Swift, but wouldn't that have been a little bit more ideal with a roof over the head? And I know what a lot of people are going to say. If you do have a new stadium with a roof, if it's an indoor stadium, you take away one huge tradition, and that is the flyovers during the national anthem at Arrowhead. That's a huge deal to to even to the front office. Um. A retractable roof. I, I I suppose that's always a possibility. I think that is something that you should certainly consider. Uh, listen, I don't know how much I, I, I like the idea of renovating a stadium. I would prefer a brand new one downtown versus um, versus renovations. Because they just listen. 20 years, that's not brand new, but it's not old either. I mean, the renovations, they're not that old right right now. Uh, They ended renovations, I think, in 2010. And we're in 2023, so yeah, about 13 years old. They're not terrible. 
Look at Kauffman Stadium. I mean, they just built Craft and Draft, I think, during the 2015 season. That's one of the nicest places to go to, to, to watch a game. The audio, the speakers there are not great, but who really cares, honestly? Um, it's a great place to, to, to eat, drink, watch a game. My brother and I have done it multiple times. It is a fun place to go. Uh, Rivals Sports Bar, also a good place. Now, they've had that, I think, since the beginning of the renovations. Um, uh, so if you do that with the Chiefs, what are you going to do? Are you going to have like sports bar, restaurants, that kind of thing? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a couple of quick comments and I'm going to get out of here. Sean says years ago they were trying to get a Super Bowl and one of the requirements is to have a roof. Clark Hunt said no and just did renovations. Yeah, Sean, you raise a good point. Uh, I remember that in 2005. Uh, but they still gave a Super Bowl to uh, to the Jets and Giants and they got an outdoor stadium in the cold. Uh, Joshua says, do it right and keep it an open stadium. Keith says, uh, they, they can, oh, okay. Yeah. They could build a new stadium where Kaufman is. Yeah. That's a good point. Last comment from Nick. If they build a new stadium, I got to get out to KC to Arrowhead. I've never seen a game live. Yeah, dude, make it happen, man. Um, uh, I don't get a chance to go, uh, often. I like to watch more from home. Honestly, uh, I do go to Arrowhead every once in a while. Uh, people always ask me, they're like, why are you never at Arrowhead? Well, sorry. I got a cool man cave that I like to sport it in, which is by the way, where I'm going to be going downstairs, exactly two floors down to watch, uh, the U S women's national team. I think, who are they playing? Netherlands, I think, or Portugal. I, I, I'm, I'm terrible at keeping up with all of that, but I am going to be watching that very, very shortly. So big ups to the U S women's national team. They are going to be playing very soon. Big thanks to all of you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chief Zone. Big thanks to all of you joining us for the live version. Shout outs to all of you guys who joined and uh, brought, brought in the comments. Appreciate all the comments, questions, all that stuff. Keep them coming uh, both on the Facebook page and on the YouTube page. I can track both of them at the same time. But by the way, guys, if you haven't done so already, please click, click like on the video and also share this video as well. Um, I'm trying to do the Chief Zone. We just brought it back. So I want to get the word out there to as many people possible. Uh, so if you guys can help spread the word, that would be great appreciate it so give this video a like and also share the live stream as well because uh, we are going to be doing uh, the podcast live stream we are also going to be doing red friday live chats so join us for the red friday live chat different times every fridays just kind of depends what i have going on fridays uh but we are going to do an another red friday live chat this friday so join me for that that will not be on the chiefs on podcast links so that that is going to be exclusively for facebook and for youtube all right Big thanks once again to all of you. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. Share the links on the podcast pages and on Facebook and YouTube. I am Farzim Vesugian. I am out of here. Enjoy the rest of your week.